1: Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone.
0: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN.
2: Okay, it is the Lombardi Line as we welcome you in, presented by BetMGM. This is a reminder, Michael Lombardi, that it's Friday. We have one more Friday to go until Christmas. Remember, next Friday is Christmas Eve. Maybe go to the online store and pick yourself up a T-shirt, but we've got some shopping to do over the next eight days. How are we feeling?
3: We feel good. You know, we feel really good. I enjoyed the game last night. I think it was... To me, sometimes we all need a reaffirmation of some lessons, and I think last night was one of those where we've watched San Francisco over the last seven, six weeks play really good football. And they were getting better and better, and their numbers were trending in a direction of dominance. And yet Seattle, whose numbers were trending in, the opposite, in, a, in another direction – we kind of felt like, okay, Seattle, because they're playing at home, we'll make a last stand. That last stand didn't last very long, Patrick.
2: <laughs> it did not. You had the undercash. You had the 49ers cash, Michael. Ends up closing three. You know, I, I wrote this down. There's so much to unpack it. Lombardi Ahead did a great job talking about this game last night and what Purdy means to the offense. But I wrote down this. The game turned when that homer fumble. Remember just like yeah. right under that two-minute warning, end of the first half, where they were driving, San Francisco comes back, they go up 11, the game was over. But you mentioned in the look-ahead, yeah. sorry to interrupt real quick, you mentioned in the look-ahead, you could tell just from the rhythm of that game at the very beginning, if you were holding on to a Seattle ticket, you probably were in trouble.
3: It was an act of, I mean, you know, uh, they missed a field goal, you know, which would you know have even put it away and yep. gave them the the 11-point the lead, if you will. So, yeah, I just felt like that that Gino couldn't get anything going. He couldn't hold the ball long enough to get it down the field. They couldn't run the ball, which nobody has been able to figure out how to run the ball. And as the longer the game went along, and, and I actually was surprised at how much San Francisco was throwing the ball last night. Now, they only what, I think it was 25 attempts, 26 attempts. It was two more than they had in the first game. But I was a little surprised. All of the throws, the degree of difficulty wasn't that hard on any of the throws. The one interception... He could have thrown. To me, I wasn't sure what he was trying to do there, but all the throws were pitch and catch. Even the ones he missed, he had McCaffrey open in the flat. I mean, Purdy just played perfectly within the framework of the offense.
2: Hey, you know what I wrote down? Uh, Shanahan, so of course Shanahan knew McCaffrey and the McCaffrey family from Denver, but he also knew when he traded for McCaffrey his oft-injured reputation Well, he's thrown caution to the wind, Michael. He's not concerned about him getting injured. He had 32 touches last night, 138 total, a touchdown. It's almost like Shanahan's giddy with his Christmas present, and he can't wait to use it every game.
3: Yeah, because he's such a reliable – he does so many good things, you know. The first third down of the game, they run him on an option route at the top, a little hitch. He doesn't get the first down, but it's a matchup nightmare. It's an easy read for the quarterback. I mean, he sees the linebacker out there. He knows it's man coverage. I'm going to throw it to this guy, you know. And so he creates it. He's a kind of player that is perfect for Kyle because the way they run the ball and the way he interchanges and moves things around, the offense – Kind of doesn't have to run through McCaffrey, but he can add spice to the offense. Even though I know he carried it 26 times, but he adds that spice that they need in the yards after the catch. So, it, it, you know, if he were still in Carolina, it would look different. Here in San Francisco, kind of in this offense, it, he becomes a
2: better player. What well, What's insane is I think it was beneficial for Carolina to move on as well. We can discuss that. It's just yeah, odd I do how too. it's. It's, and I know you've discussed that almost created an identity for Carolina. Let's stick with the Forty ers for this first segment because there's plenty to do, and then I'll flip it to Seattle. Um, the, okay, are we going to change if they win a Super Bowl with Purdy, right? And it's defense, <laughs> and it's about the team. Or if they get you know to the, how the conference always come championship in? game with Purdy, yeah.
3: I mean, just how me, the conference championship game? I with know, Purdy. but
2: you know how we always come in and we say that we start our handicapping in the summer with well, you got to start with the quarterback. The 49ers can kind of flip that script a little bit here because it, you mentioned in the look ahead, last seven weeks they're giving up 11 points per. This Nick Bosa is a Hall of Famer. It, he is just so much trouble on every snap. It's unbelievable. And then add Armstead in there, who's
3: hard to block. Tremendous. Right? And. You know, he's hard to block, and all their players are hard to block. I mean, when you go through the front and the way they play, as I've said many times, their D-line coach is a, is a star. I mean, he can create – you know, he gets the players. I mean, Willis comes in there and plays well, and they get a bunch of different guys do different things for them, and it's really impressive. You know, now, you know what's funny? I was thinking about this today driving to work. You know, everybody – you know, they want to fire a coach after one year, Right. What was Kyle? Kyle Shanahan was a disaster his first year. Remember, they couldn't win a game with Brian Hoyer, and, and they brought in Jimmy Garoppolo, and they won five. But they end up getting Nick Bosa because of it, right? I mean, like yeah. everybody wants to fire the coach after one year. You know, fire Josh McDaniels. You know, I talked to Mark Davis, and Mark Davis is not happy. I mean, I heard that rhetoric the other day. I mean, that's just complete nonsense. But the reality of it is, 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 is like, how do you think the Niners got Bosa? They were horrible. I mean, think about they went. They were bad, then they got good, then they got bad again, and and they've cashed on these top picks, which these guys are great and they're playing really well. Their linebacking core, when they have when they're healthy, with Armstead, Shire, and Greenlaw, I mean, along with Warner, wow, they're fast. They are break on the ball and they tackle as well as anybody. I mean, the tackle they made over, I think it was on on Dallas. I I. uh, Over in the flat, it looked like he could have gotten the first down, but Greenlight Greenlaw comes and cleans it up. And Berman was at the. I said, "Hey, Bill, did you see that? Like, that's just that's hard to do. Like, that's a first down against most teams."
2: Yeah, the D line coach Chris Kosurik. He was with the Lions, Michael. Honestly, I think he had he was with the Lions for like eight years, and they loved him in the building. He got he kind of got lost in the shuffle of a new coach coming in, and that's when he went to I think Miami and now San Francisco. Uh, but he's a guy the players are obsessed with the coaches love his de fronts always play very very well we know the dc's going to get a job i mean if salaf flipped it to a job the defense is better now <laughs>
3: They're much better now. They play more. They do different things. They, they lock in the man coverage. They're able to do, uh, you know, they, they did some zone blitzes last night. You know, they brought the safety blitz off the corner. They confused them. I mean, Geno thought he was protected over there on that side. Whenever you see a quarterback get blindsided like that, yep. he's never expecting pressure to come from there. He thinks he's protected. He thinks by the numbers he's protected. And, obviously, the right tackle made a mistake. It wasn't the tight end in the back, but it was the right tackle didn't slide out. You know, his guy went away. He didn't look back. And so he got clobbered and unfortunately held on to the football where they recovered the football. But this Niner defense is hard to play. And, look, one thing I learned from losing to Tampa Bay and losing to Baltimore in playoff games is defense rules today. Now, Philly, let's just talk about this for just a second. Philly matches up to San Francisco. Their offensive line is good. They're good. They can block them. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. going to be a war. Let's put it that way. It's not going to be a, it's not going to be as decidingly different as it was last night. But they can. But the speed of San Francisco really matches up to Philly.
2: So I wrote this down from the look ahead, and I think you're 100% right. So as a handicapping network and handicappers, what we have to look at is now San Francisco. So San Francisco wants to stay healthy, right? You're not catching Philly. Yep. You've just wrapped up your division. You've got three weeks to go. That's very important as the rhythm of the season kind of plays out here. They host the Commanders. They're at the Raiders. They host the Cardinals. So that is really what it becomes moving forward for Handicappers and the 49ers. Motivation is going to be a little different here because they've wrapped the division and nobody's catching the Eagles.
3: Yeah, nobody's catching the Eagles. And look, Minnesota, you know, Minnesota and them are tied for the number two seed. But does it matter if you're the two seed or the three seed, right? I mean, whomever right. they're going to play. You know, whoever, if you're the two seed, you play seven. You play the last team in. Sam, you know, I mean, is that the Giants? Is that is that Detroit? Is that you know? Commanders. I mean, who is that? Who's the last team in? The, the Commanders? I don't know. I mean, they're not good. They're 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 in, but they're we know the seventh seed's not really a true playoff team. They have too many deficiencies. So, are you better off to be the third and play the sixth seed? I mean, the one thing about the NFC, you know, because of the lack of Talent in the south in terms of teams we know the west isn't very good and we know the north you know green bay's not a factor any longer detroit's coming it's going to be one of those eastern teams assuming that the giants can find a way to win this week
2: okay elliot let's get the clip ready because of course when you mortgage your future like the 49ers did for a quarterback you expect that quarterback to be poised you expect that quarterback in year two to (laughs) take you to the postseason here's kyle shanahan talking about his quarterback yeah I mean, he's definitely the most um poised rookie i've ever had um you know it's he's been like that since he's gotten here um i from what i hear about him in college i think he was very similar you know just starting as a as a freshman and i mean he's been great I mean, he was poised all week um even him being unsure of whether he'd be able to go or not you know i think that was uneasy for him because he didn't know what to expect till he got in the game um under our circumstances i uh, we didn't have any other options or choices um we're going to see how long he could last and we were ready to go with josh um but he just he got comfortable and got better as the game went and uh, well it was pretty unbelievable okay that's kyle shanahan talking about Trey. land that's kyle shanahan talking about brock purdy so i i know i'm being sarcastic here but come on
3: i mean i wrote about it i mean like okay let's just go back i mean i love how people just forget about things right All those geniuses that love Trey Lance, that said he was the greatest thing you have to trade up to get him, you know, and and told me that 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 he's you can't pick Mac Jones third, that Lance is by far the greatest player in football. You got to pick him. You know, uh, when you when you look at that and you you know, Lance hasn't played anywhere near this. But the point I was trying to make here was that everybody said Kyle had to change his offense. The reason they went for Lance is because Kyle's offense was stale and that people were catching on to it. Remember that rhetoric? Oh, you know, he's got to change and Lance will give him a new dimension. Lance will give him a little bit more flair. Lance will give him more, you know, creativity within the offense. You know, I mean, that, I didn't buy it then. I don't buy it now. To me, Murdy does exactly what he wants him to do.
2: When we come back, I want to ask you about Purdy specifically. Uh, but tremendous stat here or number here from Elliott. So last week, Purdy, BetMGM, was off the board for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Before the game last night, he was 25-1. to 1. Brock Purdy is now 10-1 to 1, Offensive Rookie yeah. of the Year. We've got breaking news from the Jets as well. That's next.
1: So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.
2: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL
3: executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: That text I sent you should look very familiar, Michael Lombardi. Oh, and also you should familiarize yourself with the VSIN store. Because right now, we're going to give you 20 bucks in credit to go to the VSIN store, but you have to become a VSIN pro. What does that entail? It's a holiday special. You get everything we offer through March Madness pretty good deal for 79 bucks slash subscribe slash subscribe so when you're there remember we've got a bowl game UAB was up the last time I checked we've got another one with two actually UTSA and Troy kind of a offense versus defense matchup coming up later uh, down in Orlando we'll get to that matchup in a bit but the when you become a pro uh, you get the bull betting guide, which is uh, people are going nuts about it. So check it out with the bull betting guide. Don't bet on these bowl games until you read the guide because we update it as well. As we welcome you back here, Lombardi Line, we will delve into the breaking news that is it is going to be Mr. Wilson under center for the Jets. Oh, Mike Mr. White Wilson. is out. Oh, I mean, I'm, are you, oh boy. What's I think I'm, I'm old enough to line? remember Mr. Wilson. I wonder if anybody oh, back Mr. at Circa Wilson. knows what the hell we're talking about. What was his wow. name? Um, what was his name? The kid's name? George that Wilson. Trouble? Dennis, it was Dennis, Dennis the, the Menace. menace. Dennis <laughs> the Menace. Yeah.
3: Okay. We'll talk about Mike. I, White what did George not Wilson do all day? I mean, he was always in a tie and a sweater. <laughs> like, what did, he, what did he do all day? Like, I, I, you know, like he was in a tie and a sweater. He hung out at his house and Dennis got in trouble and who was a menace. And then he just kind of, I mean, interesting. I, I like, like. Uh, you watch those sitcoms back in the '50s, and you wonder, like, what did Ozzie Nelson do all day long? Had a sweater and a tie on every
2: day. Guy like, like, literally put a tie on. Everybody put a tie on back in the day. Well, I have two things to follow up on that. One, what the hell was Ward Cleaver up to as well? Two, yeah, Troy yeah. in my ear just told us the engineer back there. He said that he was retired. Your boy was retired, so I don't know. Also, Thank sitcoms you, Troy. were I appreciate different. It sitcoms were different back then because what people don't realize is there was a sitcom with a talking horse, Mr. Ed.
3: Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mr. Ed, of course. But look, if I'm retired, I'm not, uh, you know, Troy, I'm not wearing a coat and tie every day around the house. I mean, I can promise you that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know
2: <laughs> I mean, why I got to pay odd. for the
3: dry cleaning bill. Why I got to pay for the dry cleaning bill when I'm not going anywhere? You
2: know, it seems like an odd approach to life. Okay. We'll, we'll yeah. put the Wilson and we'll talk about the number move, uh, there with Detroit, Detroit, and the Jets are both kind of in that spot where they must win. But let's put a bow on what we saw last night. One, I just wanted to follow up with Purdy. What, again, the efficiency is there. 17-26, 217, two touchdowns. How about that play to Kittle? Look right, fake yeah. left, right down the seam. But what it made me think is, are these all just fun wrinkles that Shanahan can do with Purdy because the defenses haven't figured him out? Or is this something that can continue?
3: He's just, first of all, he had great protection. So, you know, Kyle's coached him really well. He's going against a team that's not very complicated. So it was pretty easy for him. It was, a, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful to Seattle here, but they they don't run a complex system of, of coverages there. So it was fairly easy. They had a good week to figure it out, you know, a good three or four days. They know him really well. So, look, you know, go over here and then work it back. If you got to work back here, And then the guy's wide open. So I thought he had really good rhythm. I think he knew where he was going with the ball the minute he got the ball in his hands. And what I liked about him was he was poised when he wasn't sure where to throw the ball. You know, there was a couple times where, okay, that's not there. I'm going to come back here. He had really good rhythm. You know, you could see the 49, 46 starts at at Iowa State benefit him. Mm -hmm. He had nice timing. He's accurate with the football. He was on that streak. What was he, 11 for 11? And all of them are I don't want to be disrespectful to the kid, but they're all easy throws. And he's executing those easy throws. It's it's the same thing that Lance couldn't do. Lance threw below fifty percent completion percentage. I mean, it just it was Lance is an athlete. He just doesn't play with rhythm and timing. Lance might be a great six back offense quarterback. We'll find that out, but he's not in this system that Kyle runs. He never fit. He didn't fit for me before they drafted him. And so you could just see it. Here's this kid, seventh round pick. You know, not great arm, but he's got timing and rhythm to make his throws. And he's smart, and he can get him into the right play too. That's the other thing. He got him into the right play, and I thought that I saw confidence with him on the field. I saw him like like settle the team down a little bit.
2: I thought he was really good. So Seattle, remember they were sitting six and three, riding high. They've lost four of five. They're sitting seven and seven. One thing we have to bring context before the season, season win total four and a half, five. So they've well eclipsed when anybody projected the Seattle Seahawks were going to do, they're going to get that right now. I think they have the two overall pick from Denver. So they're sitting kind of pretty as far as the draft's is yeah. concerned. Uh, but here's the deal. They're seven and seven. They, they're at Kansas City. They host the Jets and then the Rams. So playoff projections, not necessarily running sky high for the Seahawks right now.
3: It's been a great year for Seattle though. It's been a great year for great them year. so far. I mean, they got a lot of work to do still on defense, you know, and they and they've gotten two young tackles who are gonna get better as the years go on. They fix that problem. You know, I, I thought it was I had the sound on last night when, you know, again, apologists for Dennis, for Russell Wilson, you know, oh well they didn't have these tackles when Russell played here. Please stop. Like, enough, okay? Like, why do we keep making excuses for the player? Uh, Geno Smith, I thought, played as good as he could play last night. He had, a, he was under a lot of pressure. He didn't have time to get rid of the ball. You know, he, he didn't have a running game. He throws it 44 times in the game. I thought he held it in there. I think he did exactly what he could do. It just he didn't have enough around him to, to offset it. And it's hard. Look, they're really good. They're good. They're, they're hard to score a lot of points on. You know, if you're going to get 10 drives in a game, you probably can move the ball in two of those drives where you don't create a negative play, you know, where you don't have something bad happen to you, but it, when you, you know, so what does that mean? You score 14. I mean, I compared it to the 86 giants and, you know, with Lawrence Taylor and Belichick sitting there covering, calling cover two and just rushing four and saying, okay, beat me, make a play. You can't make a big play on me. You're not going to make a big play. You know, you're not going to run the ball. I'm in a seven man front. You're still not going to run the ball. So it's like, that's how good they were.
2: It's, Seattle has had an awesome year. Like, there's, Carroll has done a great job. I think they should be lauded. It's a team that you would have understood if they went into it with a different approach. They didn't. They've competed. They're still in the mix. However, the the schedule gets tough. Also, Tyler Lockett suffered a broken finger in the loss of the 49ers, so uncertain if he's going to return. Pete Carroll said, we got to figure out what's the right way to go. I can't even fathom that. I can't fathom playing without Tyler. So that's that. Question about Gino, because I agreed with you. I just I, I thought he was completely under duress. The, there are going to be conversations about what they're going to do with him in the offseason. Do you think it's a no-brainer at this point that you extend him? I, I think it is. I mean, I think he's
3: earned that right. I, I think he's earned the, the opportunity to be a starting quarterback. I mean, if they don't sign him, there's going to be some other team that will. I mean, he's done everything. I thought he did, had a good command. I thought he was trying to lead the team last night. And I think they—they're trying to run the offense that they could best run, but they just didn't have enough. You know, they're young at tackle. They can't. The problem is it isn't just a Seattle problem. It's a—it's a league problem. When you can't run the ball against a team and you don't have any balance, or you everything falls on 44 passes. Think about it. It's a 21 to 13 game, and and, and Geno's got to throw it 44 times. And some of those 44 passes I know are kind of long handoffs, but still it's hard to win that way when you're putting that much pressure against a team that can rush the passer with the temperament that the 49ers do. It's a challenge. So, look, I don't see how they can't re-sign Geno. I think they found their quarterback. Now, if they think there's one out there in the draft, great, draft them. Draft them. You know, but I would sign Geno just to have them because there's going to be value in having quarterbacks.
2: Look, they were 4 of 13 on third downs. Here's the key. If you only rush for 70 yards against this 49er defense, you're playing with one arm tied behind your back because if they can just load up and know you're going to throw the football, that's that's scary for a quarterback. Right. And then what happens is when you get behind like
3: they did, 21 to 3, right, then all of a sudden it's, it's, it's now you got to throw to get back in. And every possession becomes so important and now that all of a sudden you see their zone, they drop everything back, they can rally on the ball. They're really, the, the speed of their underneath coverage and their ability to tackle is as good as I've seen in my time in the league.
2: Take note, Detroit Lions, on defense, speed, okay? Those fast linebackers, they don't miss it. That team doesn't miss a tackle. I think you said it at the beginning. They just, if, if you got a yard to go, there's going to be a swarm of dudes with 49er helmets on. Just you're not getting that extra yard. It just it's an impressive defense. It really, really is. It so really is. It and again, staying healthy will be the key. But as you mentioned, look, they're only giving up what 15 points on the season, 11 points over the last seven. This is a team where we talked I think they were 4 and 4 the 49ers and I'm like you know what this should be, this team should be better than their record well now they're starting to as the season progresses they're pulling away with that record and the way they're playing.
3: But when you look at but when you look at their team when they lose to Atlanta, you know, back in Atlanta and then they come back and get whooped by Kansas City. They weren't the same team. They didn't have their linebackers. They didn't have both they didn't have both so they were hurt. They were beat up. They, they weren't mm-hmm. the same team. When they're healthy and they're operating, that's where I think Kyle's got some challenges here. You know, where is he going? He's got to keep these guys healthy because if he's healthy going into any – he can beat anybody. If he's not healthy, that kind of widens the gap a little bit and favors the other team.
2: Okay, coming up, we were wondering about Mike White and the ribs. Well, he has yet to be cleared. Oh, Mr. Wilson, Zach Wilson, will start mm-hmm. against the Lions – We'll get Michael Lombardi's take on that and talk about what's happened with the number since the announcement. It's the Lombardi line, it's vSyn, Sports Betting Network.
3: You're listening to The Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, I mentioned it. It's the Bull Betting Guide only for VSIN pros. Again, we keep trying to get you to sign up because we want you to win some money. So make sure you go check it out. slash subscribe. Again, just $76 through March Madness. And you can bet Troy UTSA today. If you get the bull guide and know everything you need to know. So make sure you check that out. Remember there's seven games. I believe. Yes. Yeah, seven games tomorrow. As far as these bull games, it's coming hard right now. So check it out. vison.com slash subscribe. Okay. Bull betting guide is ready to go. As we welcome you back. Uh, Michael Lombardi there. I'm Patrick Maher. Remember the Lombardi look ahead is also included in that as well. You can go check it out at vison.com Okay. So the news dropped this morning. And what's fascinating is anytime this happens, Mike White is out. Zach Wilson is in for the Jets against the Lions. Now, this is going to be played in Jersey. The weather should be fine. Everybody's sitting right now, Detroit 1, one 1.5. This morning, it was the Jets 1.5. Uh, I believe DraftKings was sitting 2. So that tells you Mike White is more valued in the market than the, what was he, number two overall pick in Zach Wilson by about two, 2.5 points here as the number flips, Michael.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it, look, it all comes down to, you know, Mike White's ability to run the offense. Their faith and confidence in Mike White, too. I don't think we can lose sight of that. I think when when Zach Wilson's on the field, Mike McDaniel, Mike LaFleur, excuse me, Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator of the Jets, gets really conservative. Like, he's basically, you could almost hear it in his play calls, don't mess it up, don't mess it up, don't mess it up, Right. right? And when you watch him call plays for for Mike White, there's a whole different set of circumstances to it. It's like there's way more confidence. There's more ability to, okay, we're just going to let this thing go. We're going to see what we do, or, and, we'll, and we'll go from there. And it, it's a mindset because they're scared to death of Zach, and they're trying to let Zach not lose the game for them. And Mike White, they're letting him win the game for them. So how do they rectify that? How do they justify that? I don't think a week, two weeks off of not playing for Mike White's going to change that. I, or three weeks Mike White started. I don't think it's going to change that. I think it's going to be scared. And if you're Detroit, you know they're not a great defense. We know that, but they're improving. They are improving. But you're going to have to. You're going to. You're not going to win this game 9 ten nine. You're going to have to. You're going to have to let him participate. And if he does, there's a propensity for him to turn the damn thing over.
2: It's funny. I just I saw a quote from earlier today. Salah was talking about Wilson, and he said he's the same quarterback that once went 18-for-18 18 18 in a bowl game, and somebody responded, you know you're grasping for positives when you're dropping Idaho Potato Bowl stats in year two of an yeah. NFL's <laughs> career, and that's exactly what
3: they're doing. We watched Brock Purdy play really well. He's a rookie. We haven't seen Zach Wilson play anything like Brock Purdy. Now, fairness to Brock Purdy, he's in the right system with a really good play caller who allows him to have a lot of easy throws. But Zach Wilson hasn't been able to do that for them. You know, he turns the ball over. I mean, look, the Pittsburgh game, they allowed him to participate. They're down in that game 20-10. to 10. And the fourth quarter, he leads them on a comeback. and almost throws a couple interceptions on that comeback, but they don't. They go into Green Bay, and they only throw for 99 yards and win the game. They go into Denver throw for 105 yards, and win the game. They run for 155. Now Bryce Hall's still playing, but they lose Bryce Hall. Now they play New England, and he turns it over three times. And New England does nothing on – I mean, New England gets six points, which is essentially the difference of the game, without having to get a first down. Then they come back and play Buffalo, and they win the game throwing for 136 yards. He turns it over twice, but Josh Allen turns it over. Then they go back up to New England, and it's the disaster. 44 yards passing, 59. The next week against Chicago, they throw for 308. Then they throw for 366. Then they throw for 309. You, you see where I'm going here? There's a mindset. They don't trust them. They don't trust them.
2: Does it change your cap on Detroit Jets? Again, Detroit now one, one and a half point favorite. Does the quarterback change? It sounds like it's more of the offensive coordinator's approach to the quarterback change that has you worried. It's the as universal
3: to- approach. It's the, it's the whole thing. They don't trust them. And when you don't trust your quarterback, you call plays apprehensively. You, know, you call plays so you're not going to mess things up. And when you look at Detroit over the last month of the season, they've actually played better defensively, especially on third down. And if Detroit stops the run game, If Detroit's able to make the Jets become a little one-dimensional, I don't think this game's going to get away from either team, but if it becomes one-dimensional, then all of a sudden, Zach's got a chance to make mistakes. When they won those three games against Pittsburgh, against Miami, Green Bay, and Denver, when they got on that win streak, those four games, they only had two turnovers, and two of those turnovers occurred in the first three quarters of the Pittsburgh game. And then they started to come back. But they won those games strictly with their defense. Let's be clear here. They got six first downs against New England they lost. They got 17 first downs against Buffalo they won. They got nine against Denver and they won. They got, excuse me, ten against Denver and they won. So, like, they're going to have to play this close to the vest and hope their defense plays really well against an offense that's really playing well.
2: That is Zach Wilson in for the Jets. Early window. Detroit in town. Detroit's on a heater. We know it the Jets need to keep winning for their playoff hopes. So does Detroit. The other change, Arthur Smith called it performance based. So Mariota out, Desmond Ritter in, the third round draft pick. Now, again, the Atlanta Falcons are five and eight, but look at Carolina's five and eight. Carolina's three and one in division. Atlanta's one and three in division. Tampa Bay's six and seven. They're three and one in division. Atlanta's not making the postseason. That's a side. Mariota originally, the report was he left the building and didn't come back after he was told he was being benched. Now we hear he's going on the IR with knee surgery. But the story here is Smart's, Excuse me, Arthur Smith says it's Ritter's time. What was your reaction to Ritter being named the starter here?
3: I I thought it was the right thing to do. I I didn't. I don't have the advantage of watching Atlantis practices to evaluate Ritter in practice to see how he's handling the scout team, how he handles the limited reps. But it was good that he gave them two weeks to get ready to play against an opponent that they, frankly, should have won the game opening weekend. They lose by a point, 27-26, and they gained. That was that was like a shocker to me that Atlanta ran the ball for 201 yards against the Saints. Then they threw for 215. Now, they turned it over twice, which cost them the game. But at the end of the day, they moved the football against New Orleans effectively. And Mariota didn't really participate. This was when they got that six-back offense going – And they made a couple key throws. I mean, look, they're 31st in passing attempts, the Atlanta Falcons. 31st in passing attempts. Yet they're 15th in yards per play. So when they do choose to throw the football, they can throw it down the field a little bit. Now, they don't gain a lot of yards. They're 31st in yards in the passing game. Where they excel is their really good run of the football. They have the fourth-best yards in football, the fifth-best yards per attempt. This will be a Cordell Patterson, Huntley. This will be the running – and Ritter fits what they do. He can run. He carried the ball over 500 times, and he's got almost. He had 49 career starts at Cincinnati. Patrick. Same thing with Purdy. These guys are coming the league. Yep. They've got 50 games of experience. It's going to help them going into a hostile environment like this. So, like the like the Mercedes Benz Dome.
2: Nope. You, you, you love the experience. Totally agree with that. Ritter has plenty of it. Remember, played in a Final Four as well at Cincinnati. Uh, quickly on the number Atlanta. Is at New Orleans in division, and New Orleans is laying four. That total forty-three and a half. So I don't know if that adjusts anything. I was actually surprised to hear about Mariota. Now you you understand him being frustrated, but he's such a character guy. The idea that he left the building, it does seem now that he's elected to have that knee surgery.
3: Yeah, it does. I mean, look, I, I'm surprised he lasted. I, I I don't mean this in a bad way, but Mariota has not been durable in his career. Let's be clear here. And so I, I can't believe he's lasted this without injury, you know. And so for me, you know, I, I, they had to make a change. He just to me, I thought his body was wearing down. He didn't have the same juice. And look, Atlanta's done a good job offensively. I think Arthur Smith has for five wins has coached his tail off. I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the Saints this week. I mean, they can run the football on anybody. They ran it against Washington. They ran it against every team they've played. They just haven't been able to play any kind of defense, and maybe they'll be healthy enough to play a little bit of defense and get the bad version of Andy Dalton.
2: Okay, so we mentioned Wilson in for the Jets, Ritter in for Atlanta. We just got a text from your boy, Chris Felica. The Bear said, God hates the Jets. Now, again, Felica's riding high. Mr. Fox, he's making millions now, but... Is he forgetting who the Jets are playing on Sunday? It's the Detroit Lions. If God hates anybody, it's not the Jets. It's a team that's won one postseason game since 1957. Remember, didn't the Jets go to two AFC championship games with Mark freaking Sanchez a couple of years ago? Stop it with that. God hates the Jets. Yeah, I can't I have that. I, mean,
3: I know. They always take it so personally. You know, like like Mike, what, I, I guess, what what do you, I mean, this reaction, this is going to be interesting. If Zach plays bad, Are are they going to re-sign Mike White? Like, this game has long-term implications onto it, right? It's like, where are we going? Like, where are we going? And if the team comes out flat, where are we going?
2: There has never been more pressure on an individual player than what Wilson is going to go through right now. Like, essentially, it's a one-game audition because you assume White's going to recover. You you assume he's going to Yeah, White's
3: going to be the start of the next week. When he comes back, White's going back in.
2: God hates this. This
3: is a tough, uh, and and I wonder if they would have put Flacco, Wilson as the two, based on maybe, you know, but Flacco was so bad last week, I can't imagine. They can't go back to Flacco.
2: Well, you know who God doesn't hate? Hall and Oates. Everybody loves Hall and Oates. I Can't Go for That is next here on the Lombardi Line.
1: Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18-plus. Terms and conditions. apply.
2: You're listening to the Lombardi Line on
3: VSEN. Featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick
2: Maher. 257, page 6, Elliot. Nice work. It's that time of the year again. There's no better way for sports fans to celebrate the season Then with BetMGM's 12 Days of Giveaways, wow, open your presents and opening them is easy. Just sign into your BetMGM account, unwrap a new giveaway every day from December 14th until December 25th. Wow, it's already underway. Go check it out right now. BetMGM.com or download the app. You're going to find everything a better needs to enjoy the holidays, including deposit matches, free bets, parlay boost tokens for all your favorite sports. It's a great deal. I didn't even know about this. Twelve days of giveaways over at BetMGM. Check it out. Twenty-one years or older. One eight hundred Gambler. Promotional offer not available. Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Okay, Vinny Malulo from behind the book in sixteen minutes here on the Lombardi Line as we welcome you back. Happy Friday. Did you
3: see the email? Did you see the email that Bill Ad just put out? It looked like he's working off of a Royal nineteen forty typewriter. Did you see that email, Patrick?
2: Well, I'm going to take a Bill Ad, of course, the author of the daily newsletter, which is. Right up yeah. there with one of my favorite things we do here. I'm going to take a oh, look so and see good. what you... Let's see. Uh, you can sign up, by the way, for the daily newsletter. It's free over at com. All right. Let's see what AD put out. What is it? It looks like he wrote it on a typewriter. It, <laughs> let's look,
3: look at the font on it. Look at the font. It looks like like when I go what down is that? To it, it. looks like
2: it... Yeah. Oh, oh It's I some got it. sort of... It's some sort of delineation. No, this is picks
3: by. Oh, you got you got picks by game and by show. We got both oh, got of them. It. Wow.
2: Okay, so f- for uh, but I mean the pros. font
3: on it is brilliant. He got his 1940 Royals, 18 1940 Royal out. I mean, looked like J D would typed this bad boy up.
2: I was going to say, that looks like Edgar Allen when he was just starting on a typewriter. My goodness, that font is... I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a huge fan of whatever that font is. It's hurting my eyes. Come on, Bill. Clean it up. (laughs) But I love the way that's organized. Great job with everything as far as the free picks. We send out, I swear to you, I don't know a network that sends out more free picks every single day when you become a VEASAN pro. So go check it out. Okay. So what do we like to do with Hall & Oates? Well... They wrote a jam. It's called, I can't go for that. And what we like to do is Michael picks out one of those lines each week where he says, you know what, regardless of who's playing in this matchup, I'm taking a look at this number and I can't trifle with it. So let's go ahead and take a look at this week's number. It's the Broncos lane three versus the Cardinals.
3: Well, let's just talk about bad versus bad first. I think one of the things we try to do as handicappers and breaking teams down is understanding who's really good and who's a, who's almost good, who's not quite good. But when you get into the bad category, it's hard to determine bad versus bad, right? It's hard to figure that out. And when I put together my numbers this week, and I have this, I wish I could show it to you, I have this system that I use where where. You know, I I tag the the teams that are in the bottom bottom uh, seven categories from seven from twenty five to thirty two. You know, if you're in that, you get a red code, and so this game is just lit up with red all over the place. Offense, defense, it just doesn't matter, right? It's all over, and this is two bad teams, so. But how bad are they? I think that's the question, Patrick. Like how bad are they? I, I don't know, I can't answer this, right? Like you know, I know that that Denver made a little bit of a comeback last week against Kansas City, partly because of Kansas City turning it over. but and then you know, I saw Arizona look like they were moving the ball on New England except they couldn't protect well enough and McCoy got hurt. So when you get bad versus bad and I can't quantify it, and the line is kind of like moving to Denver because they're playing at home. That made right. this a Hall and Oats play for me.
2: Yep, that's the Broncos-Cardinals. That's a Hall and Oats play.
0: But I
2: can't go for that. No. No can do. No can do. I love it. I love it. I can't get it. No can't, can do. I, can't. I
3: mean, why would you take this no game? Why would you I do mean, it? Why would do you do have – like, to me, I want to take games I have confidence in the team. Like, okay, let's take Cincinnati-Tampa. What I learned last night was don't run away from a hot team. Don't run away from a team that's playing really well. Like my game codes on San Francisco were unbelievable this week. 16 of the 19 categories that determine winning, San Francisco was in the top 12. And they were and they were light ahead they were light years ahead of Seattle in that category. Yet the line was moving to Seattle and I was in favor of Seattle only because only because I felt like, okay, they're playing at home. This is one of those custard last stand games. You better be careful here. All right? They dominate it. But, like, when I look at this game, again, when, let's go back to Atlanta, Arizona, let's go back to Arizona, Denver. My game, my, my power rank, they're both the same. They both have the same power number, and they're both bad in the game codes. Right. Like, I don't have and, – and, and I don't care if Wilson plays or not. Like, it doesn't really matter. Wilson's a bottom five quarterback. It doesn't matter. And if he's got a concussion, is he going to run around? So I, I don't know. Whereas, like San Francisco was significantly different from Seattle. I'll give you another one: S- Cincinnati significantly different in game codes than than than, than the Bucks. Now you got to worry about the Bucks. Can Brady turn it on? Can they get something going? Can Brady make a play? Can their offense get going? Okay, you're get you're given three and a half, which makes you worry. Maybe it's a field goal game and you lose. Cincinnati can still win the game. So, you know, it might be something to stay away from. But to me, I just don't think you run away from teams that are playing good. I think you avoid teams that are playing inconsistently. And I'll give you one. Jacksonville. Okay? Jacksonville. Everybody's on Jacksonville this week. Okay? Everybody loves Jacksonville. 57% of the tickets, they got 88% of the money. All right? I watched the Jacksonville-Tennessee game this week. You know, I mean, Tennessee did unlike Tennessee things. Their left tackle can't protect. Strip sack, get the ball, touchdown. Derrick Henry fumbles the ball, looks like it's going out of bounds right into Walker's hands. They turn it over going in. They made mistakes. Uh, Tannehill turns it over on interception, coming back in the red zone, going back the other way. And then Lawrence makes some unbelievable throws. I mean, great throws. Great throws. And credit to him. Yeah, he was great. there's still an underlying, when I'm watching the game, are they really, are, is Jacksonville that good? Are we over Jacksonville? I think they're too, in, are they closer to the Detroit game or are they closer to the Tennessee game? And we're just take, the- thinking that Dallas is going to go in there and just, oh, Dallas is going to play well. Whereas my game codes tell me Dallas is by far the better
2: team. Get the drop ready, uh, just because we love it. Daryl Hall, John Oates, again, to wrap it up, Arizona-Denver, Denver Denver minus three, that is a Hall and Oates play. Come on, give it to me one more time. Yeah, there it is.
3: And I got to tell you, I got to tell you, on my board, it is, I think a lot of people see it the way I see it. There's only 7,000 tickets written up for this game on the board I'm looking at, and that pales in comparison. I mean, there's 6,500 on the Monday night game.
2: By the way, your line of the week. I
3: don't think anybody could figure that out.
2: Yeah. How about your line of the week? Now, again, we stay away from the Panthers and Raiders' conflict of interest, his son. So everybody understands Matt and Matt. But we
3: break them down. But, I mean, But we, we break, break, them, break down. them down. And, and you,
2: said it, you said it well in the article where you said Mike Tomlin as a road dog of three or more after a home loss is a tempting play here.
3: Everybody, it's scary. Uh, now, I think it's going to be Mason Rudolph, no doubt. I mean, Mike Tomlin. Look, you know, it's funny. I've, I am very critical of Mitchell Trubisky. I've been on Trubisky going back to when everybody was voting for him for MVP, and I, and I wasn't a fan. But I will say this. When he came in off the bench, he played for other than the, the, the two bad throws in the red zone that he stared down the receiver. He was actually functioning pretty well. They were moving the ball, they were running it, they were kind of they had the thing going. And then of course he turns it over in the red zone. And I think Tomlin just has gotten to the point where look, for all the good sometimes he does, there's too many bad. Let's go back to the Patriot game. There's just too much bad. I think he goes to Mason Rudolph, who hasn't played since they played Detroit in that tie game in Pittsburgh. Remember that? When it was still called Heinz Field. You know, so I, I think he's going to go back there and try to win the game like he beat Atlanta. You know, he beats Atlanta, what, sixteen, fourteen, or it was a two-point game. You know, he goes in there, he runs the ball, he controls the ball, he's able to kind of function and doesn't turn the ball over. Atlanta ran the ball on him, but still couldn't make enough plays.
2: Coordinator battle is fascinating this week. I'm gonna hold on to that. Also, your top five quarterbacks this week has one player, <laughs> one player in there. I think he's sitting at four. That is mind-boggling if I told you before the season started he would be the top five quarterback on December 16th. Um, I I mean
3: look I think I try to be as fair and objective in grading the quarterbacks during the week as possible because uh, you have to take your bias out of it and he's proven me wrong this quarterback, so far this year. Now, I, haven't, I don't have Tua in it. I know that's going to upset Femi uh, as he runs around. I was told by somebody that I know in Vegas that Femi has a, a, Tua, a, Tua, a Tua jersey that he wears around when he's, out at, when he's not in the office. Man, I, I mean, looks, I've been told he, that. I gotta, but the person was color. too old. He had a flip phone. He, he couldn't take a picture of it. He had the flip phone, so he couldn't take a picture.
2: Hey, breaking news here. I think Felika's part of the circuit invitational near the top. Michael, you asked him on text his plays for the week, so here's what I'm doing. I'm sending them to Bill AD and of course Elliot. And if you become a Vison Pro, you're going to get Felika's We've got one, He's two, hot. three, Felica's four doing great. plays.
3: I, I follow the I I follow everybody's plays every week on that thing, and I and I think Felika does a hell of a job. He's hot.
2: Vison.com/slash/subscribe will give you four plays from Felika for the weekend.
0: Nice work. We're coming back with.